It's Wings, live at BoatFest on Amigos, everything Amiga! Hi everybody, welcome to Amigos. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today, Aaron, we're talking about wings. Oh yeah, that's cool. Yeah, have you ever gotten your wings before? Well, no. You never went on the plane when you were a kid, and you knocked on the cockpit door, and the pilot came out, let you steer the plane a little bit, and at the end of the experience, gave you the little wings? No, I never have gotten to do that. I, I was now a little kid when I was on a plane the first time. Oh, how old where were you? We, where would I go? Flight? You know, I don't know where you. Did go. you get on a plane as a small child? Yeah. Where'd you go? Texas. Why? I was a baby. <laughs> I don't know how to answer that. What does that mean? Did you get to go and steer the plane as a baby? I don't remember. Maybe. <laughs> Did you make this up in some kind of weird fever fantasy of yours? How old were you the first time you got on a plane? Like 40. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we went to Vegas. It was, you know, I'm sorry. So right. you went to Vegas before you went to Mexico? Oh, no, I went to Mexico first. You're yeah. right. How old were you when you went to Mexico? 39. 39. Yeah. Man. 39. Yeah. You still remember that flight? Yeah. It scared the hell out of me because mm. we were coming in for a landing in Houston, I think it was, and we're coming in, and then we're not coming in. And, and the guy goes, Whoa, I mean, the big jet, and he goes, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we had to pull up. There was another plane on the runway. <laughs> and I was like, what? And he acted like that happens all the time. I mean, it does in Houston. I don't know. Mm. So, But, yeah, I wasn't keen on flying much after that. Yeah, I, I understand that went off the down. Now, did you ever harbor? We always talk about our when we were growing up wanting to be astronauts, spacemen, yeah. as they were known. Did you ever want to? They be, weren't known that. No I, one called them that. I called them spacemen. spacemen. Yeah. When somebody asked me what I wanted to be, spaceman. I think mission accomplished in your case. <laughs> Did you ever want to be a, a you know one of these guys, a World War One fighter? No, God. Well, no. Well, when I was a little kid, I didn't know they existed. What about but, Snoopy and the Red Baron? I did watch that, but mm. it didn't look that good. I mean, I mean, he got shot a lot, and then he crash-landed, so That's no. True. That's I always true. liked the Red Baron. Did you, what about the song, Snoopy and the Red Baron? I, the that was before Guardsman? my time. You know who sang that? The Royal Guardsman. I know. I didn't know who sang it. I've heard it. Pac Billy knew. Where you at, Pac? Yeah, but he's 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 a mutant. Yeah. He's a musical mutant. I didn't know who sang. I've never been a big fan of that tune. Let's talk about wings, Aaron. Well, no more banter. That's it. Well, you want to banter more? No, that's plenty. Let's get out. Love theme. Love theme from Wings. I, th I thought I'd get that version. I always thought that was a good one. You know, oftentimes we talk about the, the MP32 sound card. Yeah. That sort of reminds me of the, the, the sounds that issue forth from that thing. Yeah, that's ad-lib gold yeah, right there. Yeah, yeah. You, you so, so graciously called it uh, mall organ music. <laughs> well, that's what it reminds me of. But hey, they love it. If you like that sort of thing, good for you. So Wings. You know, uh, uh, it's so secret. It's just one of my all-time favorite games. So I'm going to I'm going to spill the beans right here. We'll get into it. So, Wings, uh, a 1990 offering from Cinemaware, which I also love. Uh, this had the whole crew on it. John Cutter, Jerry Albright, Tim Hayes. And, uh, of course, Cinemaware, known for the way that they approach their games from a cinematic standpoint. It's because the owners of Cinemaware were like big movie fans. And so... 
That's what they wanted. They wanted uh, stuff that reminded me of the movies of their youth, you know, swashbuckling and, uh, um, you know, romance stuff, Simp, Simbad. And, of course, there was a, movie, a famous movie called Wings, mm-hmm. a silent film, which is insane if you've ever seen the stuff that they did in this. I mean, it's, it's madness. People standing on top of planes and all these aerial stunts. They were actually in the planes, mm-hmm. you know. So uh, a natural game to pl- to uh, make from a movie. Now, Aaron, you're a fan of a freak show. <laughs> Clearly, yeah. Are you somebody that would go to watch a wing walker or, uh, you know, one of those people that do those sorts of things? <laughs> Where did you get that from this? Well, would I watch one? Well, I thought I mean, that was what you described. Here's the problem with the wing walker, okay? Who can see these guys? That's you know, point. it's so dumb. If you're going to do, I mean... They're in the air, right. so you gotta have a camera or something on them. I and at that you point, can, they could be the south face. Because a lot of these guys, they fly low. They don't fly low with a wing walker. Have you ever seen a wing walker? In my mind, a wing walker <laughs> looks like this. So you get one of these guys in a biplane, right? Yeah. And they just get out and they walk on the wing a little bit. Yeah. Back in the plane, land it. <laughs> I still ask how you would see these guys. No, because they fly low. How low? Also, they're fast. They're not walking on a, on a helicopter, which that would be tough, by the way. <laughs> you have to be real fast when you jump. How do they walk on a wing? I, I don't know. I've never seen anybody do it. I mean, I've seen video of it, but, you know, it seems dumb to me. I don't what think about, anybody does it. It's if, like pole setting. Remember that? Or stuffing people into a phone booth. It's stuff that dumb people did years ago that they don't do anymore. So you don't think wing walkers were actually physically walking on the wing? They were just sort of, they detached themselves to a wing. Correct. There you go. He knows. Voice in the crowd. But, I mean, the whole point of it is no one does that now. And also, that went away when we got jets, right? Can you imagine the first guy to try that? <laughs> He's gone. Yeah. One step out. What do you think Canopy about the, explodes. Plane goes down. What do you think about the people that see cryptids on wings as they're flying? You mean like uh, William Shatner? Yeah. I believe that. Gremlins is what you're thinking. Gremlins. Cryptids? Right. Yeah. That's a, I guess that maybe. I don't see? know. I know what I'm Are talking about. Are you buying about. that? Gremlins? I think so. I Have think you I'm seen there. the famous episode of Twilight Zone with that in it? No. Okay. Why did you bring it up? Well, How did you even know about it? You don't think that that originated with the Twilight Zone. Well, but that's what everybody thinks about. No, it's based on actual events. <laughs> anyway, when Wings came out, they used a cinematic approach. You know, one of the things I like about CinemaWare is that they put you in the right mood for the game, right? And this game comes up. It's got one of the all-time great openings. Uh, with the uh, scene, uh, you know, when they've got the plane, they're up in North Kitty Hawk, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. They've got the plane on the on the beach there, and they're and they're attempting to fly it. And then the quote comes up: "They thought they'd created an invention that would make all future wars impossible." And then it shows the two planes dogfighting. Mm-hmm. So much for that, right? You That's get right. nothing, you know. But have you ever been to Kill Devil Hills uh-huh. or anything? What'd you think? Did you go to the museum out there? No, God no. <laughs> Why? It's boring, man. What you? Oh yeah. Flight. That is boring. Yeah. You wanted to be an astronaut, you dipstick. Yeah, but that's part of flying. You have to Listen, learn. That's when flying got cool. Well, I'm just saying. It's pretty neat out there. You got there, but there's a lot of kites out there. Too. I guess that's part of it. It's doony. It is doony. You ever been kid over hills, sort of walking down those? Yeah. That's, man, it's tough on a big guy. Every step you sink about four foot in the, in the dirt. Mm. No good. No good. Anyway, with all that said, um, this game starts out and it's a, a game where you have to. Uh, take on various uh, 
scenarios to go through the First World War. Mm -hmm. The game starts out like you're a pilot joining a squadron, uh, and you have to earn your wings, just like you now, said. Now, I have a question. Yeah, oh, man. When I loaded this for the first time, yeah. I had a pilot ready to go. Right. But I don't know if that's the way, because this is a WHD or whatever. No, it's it not. Yeah. If you load this up straight from the store, do you, I didn't have to earn my wings the first Yeah, there is a guy called, like, Barnstormer, I right, believe his Barnstormer. name, that comes up. And in all my copies... I've got a guy I've been using for years called Dick Rude. That's my guy. Mm. Dick, Dick Rude is my pilot. He's died hundreds of times, but I keep bringing him back. But once you, when you sign on, you have to complete one of the many games. It's usually uh, strafing is often the one, but occasionally it's balloon busting. And then once you complete that, uh, you earn your wings, and they put you in the squadron. And what makes this game brilliant is that you are, uh, as a new recruit, you're, kept, you're put in charge of the squadron's journal. And so this game uh, gives you the full story of what's happening around you as you play the game. So it will, like at the beginning of the war, you're, you're, you have crappy planes, and the Germans have awesome planes. And so as you go through, and you're getting creamed, and you're, as you go through the war, you'll, try, you'll uh, eventually get better planes or, or planes that will give you a fighting chance. Uh, you see your friend's uh, tally board where you where the deaths are tallied and, and the number of kills are tallied, how many kills you've made. Uh, and it really, to me, it gives you that uh, feeling that you're in the battle. And, you know, historically, uh, that when they made this game, they really went through and did a lot of studying and stuff on it uh, to come up with it. I've always enjoyed that aspect of the game. What did you think about just having all that? Because there's a lot of reading involved. I mean, granted, if that's your well, bag. there's reading, but there's not. Uh, it's, it's dished out in respectable quantities. Yeah, you know, you're reading basically journal pages one at a time. Yeah, you know, and it's it's a great way to tell a story because it sets you up and puts you in the mindset of the pilot. You know, and no, no matter what sort of mission you're doing, you see, okay, you know, you didn't sleep well, or you know, they got the guy killing the snowman. That's always one of my favorites. A little picture in the yeah, book, yeah, yeah, and so and, and it puts you in the mind of the pilot, and it makes you wonder why didn't more games do that. You know, because you, you have mission briefings in a lot of flight simulators where it's like, we need you to go out and do this and do this. But it doesn't, you, you oftentimes get no flavor of your actual pilot, your actual person. So yeah. it's, it's a really cool thing. And Yeah, and it makes you, it, it, something that like uh, uh, a few games manage to make you feel bad when you die. Like cannon fodder is one where, you, you know, something happens, mm -hmm. you kind of feel bad. Right. And as your guys line up, you know, and this kind of gives you that. I mean, when you get killed, it lets you continue where that pilot left off, but there's something creepy about that mm -hmm. because well, that's it, probably about pretty much that's yeah. how you got the book. It shows you the futility war. It's very cannon fodder esque. You know, and of yeah. course these planes were uh, they were like the World War One flying equivalent of most of my cars. Like they're rickety, mm -hmm. held together with string and duct tape, and they and they go up in the air. So even even if you don't get shot, you can get killed in one of these things in real life. Mm -hmm. So the game in the true cinemaware tradition is split up into mini games. You've got really three basic mini games. You've got the sort of flight simulatory dogfight section. You've got the uh, bombing section, and then you've got the strafing section. And these will come up whenever they're needed to, given the storyline. But I mean, let's face facts. They sort of made it doesn't matter. They just, but they put them in there. Did you have? What did you think about? For example, let's start with the dogfighting, uh, where you're in the cockpit. What did you think about the way that was structured? Uh, there's no heads-up display in that. You know, we talked about, uh, a couple weeks ago, we did a flight simulator game. It was the one, uh, Mobius, who's here with us 
recommended us to play, and um, it was okay. But this, to me, this is the ultimate combat flight simulator. To me, this is the one because it manages to convey convey the most amount of information with the least amount of HUD. Okay. Yeah. So for damage, you've got it's a very um, a stunt car racer esque view of damage where you start to get bullet holes yeah. kind of line across the top of yeah, your screen. Yeah, I never thought about that, but yeah, yeah. that's exactly what it is. Yeah. Uh, and so you can kind of see how close you are to being shot down there. Instead of having a radar screen, which of course no World War One planes had, you see your guy, and if he's looking over this way, it means that the enemy is, is the way that you're looking. Yeah. And there's different degrees that he looks, so he can be looking just a little bit or a lot, and it really lets you hone in on where the bad guys are. Now, one of the advantages of playing a dogfighting game from World War One is that the planes just don't move as fast. So right. it's easier to track your opponent. On the other on the other hand, it's easier for the opponent to track you. Yeah. And so to me, this is the best dogfighting game on the Amiga. It might not be the most realistic, but it is the most fun. Yeah, there, there's a lot of good things about it. I mean, the bad thing is, like on a standard Amiga, it doesn't run at a great clip. And it does this is one game that really you get a little extra oomph in there, and it really peps up this portion of the game. But, yeah, I love all the stuff the pilots had. One of the things that's interesting about it is if you get shot enough times, your plane will go down. And sometimes you can land the plane. Sometimes you just crash. Sometimes you could try to land it. But sometimes your pilot is shot, and you just watch his corpse pound in the right. ground. He's a dead man. And there's a lot of, in a lot of flight simulators, when you get shot or when you, when you go down, when you crash – the screen will go black, and then maybe you'll get a little yeah. cutscene. In this game, you ride that train all the way to the ground. Yeah, yeah, you, you know? got to carry that weight when yeah. your guy goes down, and you feel bad. But I mean, that's what happens in a, in a real yeah. fight. You know? I love it. I love it because yeah. again, it brings you in. It's yeah, great. yeah. I think this is the best of the three mini games, and also they could actually done more with it. They do balloon busting. There are some cutscenes where it shows like a squadron peeling off, Those which are is great. Which Those is cool. Yeah. You've got uh, the ability to look around the cockpit. You know, uh, it's 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 good. Uh, uh, there could have been more, but I mean, I don't know how much more they did. There's also that. I'm not sure how often they're going to have like a a mission where you're accompanying something else. Or mm. I don't know if that happened in World War One. To be yeah. honest with you. Yeah, and I mean, I'm sure that there were other types of missions, but within the scope of this game, I think just making yeah. it dogfighting was a good move. Now your second mission we'll talk about is is your strafing and this is a this is one where you get almost like a uh, uh, a uh, diagonal view almost like zaxani view of your plane and you're going along and you're just basically gunning down troops and p- trucks and uh pieces of artillery that are being moved sometimes a train will come oil through barrels. oil barrel tents uh if you are so inclined uh, red cross trucks and ambulances if you're particularly evil uh it sort of makes you feel bad in a lot of ways because you're gunning down like dozens of guys out there. What did you think about that, this part of the game? Well, this is the Walker part of the game. Now, wait know. a minute. This I like is, Walker. Well, this is a mindless shooting. There's no, I mean, to me, there's no strategy here. You're just mowing guys down and you're hoping that you don't get shot. Uh, this is the graphically one of the more impressive games of the three. Yeah. Uh, the, everything is drawn very well. But uh, to me, I wish they would have included uh, more strategy, more in like maybe adjusting your height, being able to make that matter. To me, this just seems like uh, something they put in that they felt like they could throw together quickly. Well, I mean, I, I like the strafing aspect. I mean, you're not really strafing. 
What do you, what do you mean? Well, in strafing is like when you're like moving, you're like, <laughs> you know, like when you hold down shift and push W. That's how you strafe. Well, I, what is the dance you did right there? Well, that's what that's what Duke Nukem does. Is that what he does? Well, you got to think this is a, this is what actual strafing is, not video game strafing. Mm. Strafing where you gun down suckers. As you go forward and everything in your path gets got straight. Is that really what that's called? That's actually what it's called, yeah. Weird. Well, I mean, there, I can tell you one thing. What you did was much weirder, whatever that was. <laughs> so, I like this section okay. I think this is the second best section. It's okay. It, it does penalize you. It doesn't, you know, you're not supposed to shoot hospital, you know, ambulances and whatnot. This does give you, if, if, if combat in the sky is, is sort of withdrawn, because you're not necessarily seeing the other human you're shooting at. This takes it and brings it home because you're blowing up guys that you see running around. Right. They and get a lot of they get a lot of action out of those little tiny guys. They're you very know? well drawn. There's nothing better than blowing up trains. That's always good for a laugh, you know. So I do enjoy that. Mm. The third of the uh, mini games is the bombing segment. So this one they'll give you a photo, a reconnaissance photo, of a couple targets you need to bomb. Then they send you loose, and you've got X amount of bombs. And when you get over the, the targets, more or less, you try to drop your bombs and hit them. It's, it can be difficult uh, to do that, uh, to drop those bombs. So I think this is sort of a pretty segment, too. But this, one, this one's kind of tough. You get used to it after a while, but you can't. You have, to be, you have to be patient with your bombs. You don't get, like, unlimited bombs. What do you think of the bombing section? This is the worst for me. The I worst? I don't like this one. It's, it's hard because... You don't really get a sense of, and I guess it's, it's sort of like being a real bomber. Uh, it's not like a Xevious or something where you get a little reticule no. that shows you where your bomb is going to fall. And you only get, like, you only get two bombs. Yeah. And so you, you only get one shot at it, and then there's it's a long road to get back to where you are. This is a game that could really benefit from a game-style practice mode, like California Games or something where you can just practice one event over and over and over again. Yeah. Because bombing, to me, it just, it just seems like I always messed it up. I'd always move on to the next thing because of the way the game works. But then whenever bombing came back around, I never really felt like I was getting better at it. Yeah. It, again, this is something they could have fleshed out more. Like, I would like to bomb, like, uh, fuel depot, yeah. tra- train station, yeah. uh, an airfield, they a dam. A lot more with this. There's a lot of cool stuff you could do, and you could use the same engine, mm-hmm. you know. But of course, there's space limitations and yada right. yada. Right. Um, overall, though, I think this thing is a big winner. I've always it's my if I had to pick my favorite of me game, one of my all time favorite is this would be up there just because I spent so much time with it, and I, I I like games where you learn a little something too, you know. This and I, they and and I'm sorry to butt in here, but they also I like the way they have the movie cards that come up whenever mm-hmm. you're, the game's loading, mm-hmm. and it, it, it lo- it's even got the like black and white silent film treatment with the way it looks. I mean, they're, they they um, they were full on to the gimmick, you know. Right. They, they held on that gimmick, and I like the gimmick, the black and white silent film. That's a cool angle they mm-hmm. had. I enjoyed it. Yeah, this is this is my favorite Cinemaware game. Oh um, yeah, it's. Probably the only Cinemaware game that I would put up against a non-Cinemaware game. You know, like a lot of Cinemaware games, they're, they sort of exist in their own space. Um, where the, the gameplay itself is not really great, but the storytelling element, the cinematics of it are awesome. 
But the gameplay in Wings, I would put up against the gameplay in any sort of game within that genre, and it comes out well. Yeah, I think. Well, I think TV sports basketball is good too. But yeah, yeah, in terms yeah you're of right. This that's, game, that's, that's a good one. Too. Um, I, would, I would agree with you. Um, I w- we had a look here on uh, Lemon to see what they thought. Uh, Eight point seven six. That's a big winner on on your Lemon there. And as you look across the uh, usual suspects here. Uh, it's funny looking at these scores. I mean, Amiga Action gave this a 78. Like, what were you thinking there? That's very that's low. That's a real low, but that's the lowest one. Uh, the average magazine score was 86. I think that's also too low. I mean, this is an A title. This mm-hmm. is a premium Amiga title, that, in my opinion. And, and another one, again, that benefits from the, uh, the accelerated Amiga. It also lets you save your game, mm-hmm. which is nice. Uh, so it had a lot of stuff going for the it. The great thing is that this is a, one of the few games out there where there's really no fail state. You know, you can die a bunch of times, but you keep moving the story forward. Yeah. And more games should have been like that. Well, yeah, but I mean, because it, it's in some ways it's a big hassle to have to start yeah. over. And you don't, and this is the kind of game where you don't want to reread all that exactly. stuff, you know. Exactly. We get any Discord action on this boat? We did. We did. We got one review this week. David Hearn Ryder writes, Chalks away at CinemaWare's Wings, where a heartfelt narrative met gripping dogfight action, delivering one of the most memorable games I've ever played. The sobering, moving story told via diary entries was supported by not only a 3D, white-knuckled, balloon-busting combat simulator, but by solid strafing and bombing missions as well. Few games have made me feel something the way Wings did, and it remains one of my favorite Amiga memories, 10 out of 10 Fockers. That little move you did makes me feel something too. You know, I'm glad I didn't eat this pizza yet. What are what? Is, they always talk about the Hun and the Fockers. Yeah, is what? Why don't they just say what they were? Well, know? Fockers are planes. They, nobody says that. Well, what do you call the German planes of World War One? Is that really what they called them? Yeah, I thought that. They, I thought it was Fockers isn't a nickname or a just, mispronunciation. In case you're wondering. <laughs> That's what they're called. See, I'm learning. I'm That's, learning from you. Boat, I order you to go replay the game. <laughs> Are you a sketchy tech? Do you have the right tools for the job? Have there been incidents? Next time, don't try to fix it yourself. Send your broken Amiga to Retro Rewind. Get a full diagnostic, a reasonable estimate, and the peace of mind knowing that your machine is in the hands of real technicians with decades of experience and cutting-edge repair equipment. Save 10% off your repair with the promo code AMIGOS10. Thank you to RetroRewind.ca for supporting this episode. All right, Aaron. Our first story this week is uh, all talking about the Amiga Copper Chip. Okay. okay. This is coming from a, uh, a YouTuber that I'd never heard of before called The Industrious Rabbit. Okay. <laughs> all right. So, you know. I'm not familiar with that guy either. Yeah. And, uh, and basically, uh, talking about raster bars... And uh, how the uh, these raster bars are special due to the copper, which of course is that processor that uh, synchronizes its activity to your monitor's image rendering hardware. Uh-huh. So I'm always up for learning more about hardware, Aaron. You know, and uh, this is this looks like uh, it's very well animated. This is weird, know? boat. It is a little bit weird, but I mean, this is the platform that has that topless squirrel. 
<laughs> well, that's not... That's not weird. You're right. That's totally normal. Well... So... Uh, it's weird. Do you want to learn about raster bars? Yeah, man. Look at that. See that curvy line? Yeah, what's happening here? you got to watch the video. Is this the TV, or is this coming... Where is this stuff coming well, from? Well, look at where the arrows are going. Okay. Yeah. What does that mean? I'm, I'm like the dumb guy right there. Ugh. <laughs> All the rabbits go. So this will smarten me up. Yeah, exactly. He's got a whole animated universe he here. Does. Look at all these people. And they all want to teach you about the Amiga. Look at their faces. They can't wait. <laughs> they, what an interesting story, you big boat. What else you got? Chat GPT on the Amiga. Oh, yes. How did so, this happen? Well, you know, Chat GPT is taking over the universe right now. And so this guy... Unlike writing just a basic CLI script yeah. to uh, to um, you know bring a, a web function to the Amiga, this guy's actually written a discrete workbench program, Aaron. Yeah. Amiga GPT. So in case you're you know if you want to generate your uh, your I don't know what do people use ChatGPT for? Uh, I think some sort of I don't know creepy recipes, stuff. Recipes, bookkeeping. I think they uh, forgery or like you know having to do work for you. I don't know. I don't know anything about it. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So if you want to cheat on your homework with your Amiga, you can uh, you can get ChatGPT on Workbench right now. And this comes from ProTech Classic Belgian Nostalgia. This looks complicated. Oh, no, I'm sorry, Classic Beige Nostalgia. I mean, He's not Belgian. I, this, I apologize about like look at this video. It's I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on what here. What he's unpacking? This would be help more. I would understand this better if there was an animated bunny involved. Yeah, yeah. That they could hold my hand. Have, they have to. They have to collaborate. Now, Aaron, we do have some gaming news this week. You know, you're telling me all the time, boat. Why don't we have more Doom clones on the Amiga? I don't know. After that Atari ST Doom clone we played, <laughs> I'm not sure I want to have another one. <laughs> well, guess what? Yeah, we're back to the grind. That's right, Grind is an upcoming Amiga 500 Doom. Uh, it's a known Neil on Indie Retro News calls it a Doom-like experience. <laughs> that's, that's like Tab. It's sort of like a soda. But. <laughs> right now, I think most of the work is being done on the faces and the expressions. What was the first? Oh, they're animated. Yeah. What was the first game that did that? That had the the, the eyes looking around. It was probably one of the. You know, the early, uh, you know, the uh, shareware games that did that stuff. Mm. You know, like the pre-Duke Nukem, the pre-3D ones or one of those. Did those have the face and the guy? I don't know. Castle Wolfenstein? Maybe, yeah, maybe that was the one. Mm. He has the, the face of that guy. Mm. That's part of it, though. You can see what he's, you know. Yeah. The, you would be great for that. You've got an expressive face. Oh, thank you. And it'd be cool to see you take damage. See what that looked like. You'd like to Give see us the damage, damage face, but when you're getting pounded on. <laughs> and what... Okay, I guess I asked right? for that. Go ahead. All this right. looks okay, though, doesn't it? Yeah. This is for the Amiga 500? Hey, man. Every, you know, AGA is being shoved to the wayside. Oh, here we go. And Listen, you know, from here on out, pretty much the only thing people are caring about is the old OCS ECS 512 chip RAM. That's it. That's all you need. I wonder what the ETA on this bad boy is. This is I'm very, looking. very early days. But, I mean, look at the screens. It looks like he's got a long way. Like, what is that thing? No, that's the haunted It library. looks like uh, like one of those 3D, like a giant 3D tick. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. They've got those now out in the woods. If you really? go out there, yeah, they're bad this year. <laughs> they're 3D. Well, I mean, they're real. That's why. <laughs> and finally, Aaron, we've got hamulets. <laughs> yeah, this, this, this doesn't sound to... What is the scoop on this? So, again... Speaking of how AGA is horrible, would you stop? This game 
excuse AGA to put on a uh, visual display rarely seen on the home computer. This game is a game that is the the game is only half the story. The introduction is really where it's at with this thing. Yeah. Um, Keep this, talking, pal. Yeah. I'm really, I'm really <laughs> so as you can see, if you're watching at home, this has got a uh, oh. sort of this is they're using ham mode here. So somewhere Doug is cheering. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and they are using uh, 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 they've got this really kind of anime. That is pretty. Uh, yeah. And it's a lot of a lot of shade. Oh yeah. Now yeah. we're getting. Now we're cooking. Yeah. Well, you got the and so anyway, there's this extended long entrance, but then the game itself. Is actually pretty impressive looking. It's kind of it's kind of got a Zelda look to it. Uh huh. Um, and it's interesting. That's gonna want to watch. Oh yeah, yeah. I, the introduction is like thirty seven minutes long, so you want to skip right by that. Yeah. Um, I'm still going. But uh, but anyway, this game is another OCS ECS oh, game. Oh, look, look at that! This. Look at the dynamic lighting used there. Yeah. Look at the colors. Why did we end up with Kid Chaos looking all brown and nasty when well, you do this on the Amiga? In Caveman, that's why. That's, yeah, I that guess that so. fits the bill for him. In Caveman times, look at that. She's dragging him. that jug. Yeah, as a I rat. Mean, if you want to drag some jugs and collect coins, there's probably worse games to play. <laughs> you could probably find a club where you could do that somewhere though, if you look hard enough. This looks okay, but yeah, this runs on OCS. It requires only a 512 chip RAM Amiga, so any plain 500, 2000, or an Amiga 1000 with that 512 upgrade, which they most have. Um, and uh, yeah, and speaking of copper, the sprites are being recolored by the copper. So wow! There you go. It all goes back to the bunny. Now, this so this is in demo mode. You could someone could do that and play this right now. That's right, right here at this very festival. Maybe we'll check it out later today. Very good. And that's going to do it for the news this week, Aaron. What's going on on the old YouTube channels? Well, it's a good question because I didn't even pull that up. But we'll have a quick. I will say, you know, we did a uh, ARG uh, yesterday. No, when was it? It was a couple of days ago. But we released yesterday. And um, I don't remember what it was. It's been so long ago. Was we did so many sword of these. And sorcery? No, that was all. I think it was the Microvision we did this mm. week. Let's have a look here. My memory's tapioca boat. Uh, we did uh, Capcom all, CPS one games. Yes, Capcom. Thank you, Capcom CPS one games. We looked at Magic Sword and Forgotten World. You ever played either one of those? No. You're not a big uh, sword fighting guy, are you? For a guy who actually sword fights in real life. I, I, well, I prefer to keep it in the real realm. <laughs> what does that mean? In the real realm, you're killing people in real life, is what yeah, you're saying. That's what well, I'm saying. Well, fair enough. You want to talk about the Coco show we put together Listen, there? Listen, you want to talk about the most realistic fighting simulation of all time? Yeah. Look no further than karate on the Tandy Color computer. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I'm going to say. You have to check it out. To you know, I think I'm the one that talked you to doing that one. And I love that game. I think it's fun. And you could actually have some fights that feel like real fights. Like there's blocking and dodging. I've been in some real fights. Yeah. It's very similar. <laughs> Were you the blue guy or the red guy when you fight? I was whichever one ended up on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> Understandable, man. All right. Well, that's going to do it for our, uh, our uh, side updates this week. Listen, we are in the midst of Boat Fest here. Everybody wave. We are... Uh, Look at that crowd out there. It looks, yeah, it's impressive. We've got about 50, 50 folks here, and uh, we are in the midst of uh, retro computing, fixing things, gallivanting, eating and drinking. <laughs> uh, it is uh, tonight. We, we just finished our uh, first round of Boat Fest Jeopardy or Boat Fest Trivia. How'd that go? I was uh, attempting to get food during that. How, how smart were these 
were these people from across the pond? Well, we we based our contestants on who traveled the farthest. Okay, so and that, that was a bad move. Well, about wait a minute, aren't but these are superior minds we're talking about, aren't well, they? Well, that, that used to be what we thought. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean they didn't score well on the on the? Congratulations to um, to Mitsuyama for being the only. Stand up, man! Stand up! Yeah. yeah. What was your score, man? Did you get over zero? I did get over zero. All right. Yeah. That's, so there you go. that's not too bad. Uh, if you are currently watching the stream right now, you can make sure and keep on watching because later tonight we're going to have more fun and excitement. And then tomorrow is the big day where we're going to do uh, an episode of ARG Presents, Sprite Castle, oh. and um, the auction, the Boat Fest auction, the inaugural Boat Fest auction. So you won't want to miss that. Uh, yeah, Boat Fest 2023 is in full swing. Bye, everybody. Adios. Amigos is made possible by contributions from listeners like you. Patreon supporters help choose the games we play, receive exclusive magnets, and get access to the Amigos Retro Gaming Discord server. Visit patreon.com slash amigospodcast if you'd like to support the show and join our community.